Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Yeah, you're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, this time around, I have got... Well, first, of course, I've got myself. Otherwise, well, I, I don't one know would hope you do. I would, I would hope so. Um, but uh, for right now, it's me, John Reed, your host, uh, with the illustrious... I feel like I called Pat illustrious last time. I need a different word for you. What, adge- what yeah. adjective would you like applied to yourself? I, uh, Apply it liberally. I don't... I... <laughs> Duh, I'm not an English teacher. I don't know. <laughs> Well, do you, you speak English, though. <laughs> English, mother... Yeah. <laughs> do you speak... Movie it? podcast, oh, family podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> Bo, bodacious. I'm going to go bodacious. There you go. Because I mean, then it fits with your name. And then it, it does. Okay, so Bo Warmbold. Woo! Hello, everybody. Um, and then I believe... Uh, let's see, Patrick. Patrick could not make it today. He's got some stuff going on with his kids, and Jeff was not able to make it either. I believe Dennis is coming, even though we don't have food. That is the rumor. Uh, he, he is wanting to make an appearance this time, so um, we will see him in a little bit. Patrick did say that he was going to be calling into the voicemail line and leaving some messages, so and we'll, I, and I think his, we'll his feature uh, that later. His basic take is awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes, I actually have that text message right here. Yeah. Awesome. Actually, there were there were four awesomes. Oh, were there four? Yeah, there were four, four awesomes. Awesome, 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 awesome. I don't know if that's... Two per movie? I know was, four that's what I was going to say. Two per movie or four... For both, or I, yeah, we'll find out. We'll have to get him to clarify. But, exactly. Um, and he wanted to remind us not to forget the third rule in a crisis. Never. So, third rule. Um, so yes, so we will. Uh, if you would like to call in to our voicemail line, our, our love line, as we affectionately call it, um, you can do that. It's eight seven two three five movie. Or if you are not of the generation that remembers that you can actually dial, you know, the letters on the keypad of a phone. Because when I say keypad and phone together, you have no clue what I'm talking about. Um, that would be 872-356-6843. So if you want to call in and leave us some feedback on the movies we're talking about, or uh, just feedback on uh, life in general, if you want to just call in and, and just ramble about some stuff, feel free. Um, and we will, as, as long as it's appropriate and whatnot, we will uh, play it on our show and respond to it if we can. But uh, yeah, so I think we'll have Pat's going to call in and, and leave some of his thoughts uh, we'll play that towards the end of the podcast here. Um, so this time around, we are going to be talking... Uh, this is our Big Twins episode. And I kind of feel like by titling this one Big Twins, we might get a whole lot more listeners than we typically do. Yes. I mean, I don't know it if... might invite a new... A new clientele a to new the podcast. class of listener, perhaps. Okay, okay. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's going to be the... T- unless we say something that sounds more profound or better, I think the title of this one's just probably going to be Big Twins. I like it. Okay. That's good. All right. Um, the third rule of so twins? The th- mm. I'm just saying. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. i got to be careful where we go with that. Yeah, it's <laughs> also true. <laughs> You, you are not wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Um, so very, very quickly, I don't know that I have a whole lot of new movie news. 
type stuff. I, it, oh, you know what? I say we do have at least we have one. We record this the week that uh, A Wrinkle in Time opens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer for uh, Christopher Robin dropped today. Oh. emergency meeting this weekend. I promised my wife and daughter I'd take them away this weekend, sir. We need to cut 20%. You promised these people good jobs. And I thought you'd do anything for this company. Well, have a good time. Jeff and I had a conversation about this earlier today, and he saw it, and I had seen that the trailer had come out, had not had a chance to watch it yet. So he told me about it, then I watched it. Then he stepped into my office just almost right after I had watched it, and this was the extent of our conversation. The, huh, mm. the feels... All <laughs> the feels. Mm-hmm. I, I told him I felt like my emotions won an Oscar because they're just sitting there going, Get out! <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Implying maybe that Get Out should have won more Oscars. I don't know. Yeah, but, um, maybe you are. Maybe yeah, you are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we might have a couple of uh, uh, new movie news things mm-hmm. here. And um, do we want to talk about the Oscars at all? Did you watch them? I, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Okay. They're on the DVR. Um, everything I'm reading says the ratings were bad, but yeah. what I saw was solid. Yeah, it was fine. The montages mm. were fun. It was a different way of doing things. I, I do love um, a good montage. You know, I think that was cool, seeing some of those. And it, unfortunately, for some of the older ones, where you're like, oh, that was interesting. And, and I know it would have made the montage not as cool, but it might have been interesting to have the title of a movie. Yeah. On it in some cases. Well, because sometimes with those montages, or yeah, when they do those like little clips and things like that, there are times where I kind of treat the Oscars, even if I'm not really very interested in the slate of movies, or if I haven't seen the slate of movies, sometimes I treat the Oscars as if I'm using the Goodreads app to like find more books to read. Sure, yeah. And and like, with those oh, montages. I see that, right. And sometimes with those montages, I, I need them to put up the title of the movie because I see the montage and I know it's a famous scene from a movie and I'm like, I I need to watch that movie. I haven't seen that movie. I know that I should have and I'm not 100% sure what it's called. Yeah. So sometimes I kind of need them to you know that would be helpful to to do that. Um I think there was somebody that got omitted from the uh, in memoriam stuff too. Oh. I think they forgot Adam West. Oh, dear Lord. I don't remember seeing him. I just realized that. I, as I was going through my head, I was like, was there anybody? Because oh, yeah. I, I, it always, it always. when I saw stuff like Roger Moore, I was like, wait a minute. Did Roger Moore? I thought Roger Moore died in 2016. So then like, I'm always, in my head, I'm always like running back and forth. And I'm like, okay, well, did that, did that person actually die in 2017? Or, um, and I kind of feel like. 
Yeah, it was June 2017. Yeah. And now, granted, he's he's definitely more well-known for his TV stuff, but... Adam West, Glenn Campbell, and others left out of Oscars in Memoriam mm, from okay. CNN. Yeah. But yeah, I realized that as I was watching it. I was like, wait a minute. Della Reese, thought... Dorothy Malone, Powers Booth, and Robert Guillaume were also not seen in the Yeah, trivia. I don't remember seeing any of those. Yeah, but I, I, I realized <laughs> that. I was like, I thought Adam West died this last I year. I would love to hear the explanation, because unfortunately... In 2017, it'd be pretty easy to go to the Googles. Mm-hmm. Celebrity deaths, 2017, mm-hmm. and get a big old big list. Big old list. Mm-hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. celebrity is not is a... And I know you got to kind of decide who's going to go on the list. Is a term. Right. Don't get me wrong, and you're not gonna you're not gonna put everybody up there. You, you but, can't do every cameraman, but right. But I'm thinking, you know, Powers Booth, Adam West, Adam West. John Gill. Harry Dean Stanton. I mean, those are... Those are names. Those are names. That should be there. Yeah. Those are names that are known, so... Yeah. Yeah. Back around to... Uh, did you, Anything else you want to say about the Oscars? No, I mean... I mean, they were... I, like, I haven't seen enough of them, really. They were serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. They were great, but... And I... But doesn't but does an award show have to be great? Like, isn't it just about... I guess not. The awards and, yeah. you know. It's, more, it's always more interesting when you've seen more of the movies. Because I know right. there was one year that I worked in a movie theater. And Sharon, my wife, had seen, I think, every movie that was, that was up for Best Picture. Because we'd get free tickets all the time. Sure. So she would, and we didn't have any kids at that point, so I would get free tickets all the time. And she could just come in and watch movies whenever she wanted to. So if she didn't have anything to do for... Mm-hmm. The library she was working at and, and didn't have any stuff to work on that night. She's like, oh, I'm going to come watch a movie while you're at work. And sometimes, you know, she'd start a movie and then as soon as I got done, I'd go down and finish watching the movie with her. And and I think that year was the year that they had like, um, it was Master and Commander, Mystic uh, River. Ah, uh, very nice. Um, so we saw all of those. I don't think I, I mean, except for bits and pieces working up in the projection booth, I don't think I saw all of Mystic River. But that was the year that between the two of us, we had seen all of the best picture I don't know that nominees. I can, so. I don't know that I can ever claim to have done that. Yeah, because there's yeah. always one that's mm-hmm. like, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I, it's definitely more fun when that happens. But um, so the Christopher Robin trailer, I, and I'll drop the audio of the Christopher Robin trailer in here so people can, the people can listen. The people. Um, but uh, yeah, I I mean I'm I'm a I like Ewan McGregor. Oh yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Pretty much anything he's in, I'll go see. Um, I, I don't know what I expected the movie to be, and the fact that we see a uh, you know walking, talking Winnie the Pooh. Um, I think I think when I heard about this movie, I thought that it was just going to be the human side of things. That I, right. I didn't know that we were necessarily going to see those characters. Um, but that's that's kind of an interesting interesting mix, and, and even if it's just him hallucinating or imagining. These characters, that's fine. Um, but I, I think this could be a really fun family movie to go see. Yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I, I hope they are managing expectations mm-hmm. well. I, I can't decide. I feel like there's some heavy stuff yeah. in it at the beginning going to be so, too heavy for kids? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to decide, is that heavy war stuff at the beginning? But there are some other movies. Like, sometimes I feel like when I've watched Hook mm-hmm. with the kids, and I feel like that may almost be kind of the same thing. It's like Peter Pan grown up. Um, 
I mean, there's some kind of heavy stuff in the beginning of that movie, too. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. But it looks good. I mean, I it definitely it's oh, something yeah, that, I'm that in. I don't, take the kids to. And, don't get me wrong. In the, the way they're going to blend reality and fantasy, I think, is going to be mm-hmm. so much fun. Did you see? In the trailer, my, the, the, the yeah. scene that did it for me was when they... You know, let's go play in the snow. There's no snow on the ground, but mm-hmm. then they pan the camera over, and sure enough, they're like, there's snow. The way they're doing that is going to be fun, mm-hmm. I think. The, the, the moment that Jeff and I both commented on was the first time he hears Winnie the Pooh's voice, and he kind of looks over, and you just see the top of his head mm-hmm. over the, the edge of the bench that he's sitting on. Um, and the fact that they, they got the same Winnie the Pooh actor to do the voice. Mm-hmm. Like, same one from all those cartoons that we watched growing up as a kid. Oh, and, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you see the Mary Poppins Returns trailer? I have not seen the trailer yet. Okay. I'm skeptical of that one. Yeah. It's wonderful to see you. Yes, it is, isn't it? And that's what that's what Sharon was kind of asking me. She's like, so wait a minute. So is this meant to be a remake or is it a sequel or is it... And well, the I, title, it makes you think sequel. Well, the title makes me think a... sequel. And that's kind of at the very end of the trailer. She has a, a man and a woman that recognize her. And, and I think they say something like, oh, you're back. And... Sharon didn't catch it at first, but my thought is those are the kids from the original movie. Oh. And, that, and that they've grown up. Okay. So I don't know that that's... I mean, they look like they were maybe about college age. I, I only saw the trailer once, so I don't know. But and I you know, maybe college age with, kids. I haven't and, even seen it with sound on. I've seen it like yeah. in passing. So Yeah. But that's interesting. It definitely is titling like a sequel. Mm-hmm. I hope they didn't title it like a sequel and then it's not going to be. Again, I go with manage your expectations. Right. And sometimes I think these movies rush to um, rush to the expectation of their audience, and they don't, and they miss. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask about, and and this is not a movie thing, but it is an '80s thing. So, uh, did you happen to see during the Oscars or after the fact the kind of the preview for Roseanne coming back? I uh, know I haven't gotten to that. Yet. To that one yet? I am okay. talk about skeptical. Ooh, <laughs> Mama. Uh-huh. In the history of television, 
no family was quite like the Connors. Are you ever sorry we got married? Every second of my life. Nothing has changed. Dad! Tuesday, March 27th. I thought you were dead. Why does everybody else think I'm dead? The family that looks like us. What are you doing with my pictures? I'm getting rid of the ones where you guys were fat. Those are the only ones where we look happy. Lives like us. Can I have some money? I don't know. Mom, can I have some money? I don't know. Can I have some money? And laughs. <laughs> like no one else. And go! They're back. I'm not afraid of you. Give it time. Roseanne, same cast, new episodes, Tuesday, March 27th on ABC. Uh, classics really do hold them. I liked Roseanne. We, we watched I that did. show, yeah, we watched that show nearly religiously back in the day. And whenever it'll come on reruns, I, I'll i always throw it on for an episode or two. Um, yeah, I don't know. The last season or two, I mean, they really jumped the shark in the last season or two of the original show. And, they jumped the shark hard. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, they <laughs> like, they jumped whoa. the shark and they beat it to death. And then, after it died, they brought it back to life, Frankenstein style. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a, uh, a, ca- uh, a cast of, I think it was one of the cast members of the show beyond that point. Yeah. It was a dead Frankenstein shark. It's... it's <laughs> when they killed, when they won, when they got the money, when they won the lottery, mm-hmm. and then Dan died, at that point I was just kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But so I kind of I do like that they if they're gonna do this I like that they brought back John Goodman. Me too. I would not want to see this show. I hope they're. I barely want to see the show now. Right. That it's coming back. I'm like you know what? I let me just have my memories of when it was good. Um. But the fact that they brought back John Goodman, I'm like well, all right, I'll I'll give you a few episodes. Sure. But I just hope. I don't even know if I'm gonna say this right. I just hope. I'm more nervous about the Mad About You sequel that I heard uh, about. Because yeah. <laughs> Sharon and I love that show so much. And I'm concerned that both Beckys are there. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't really work for me intrinsically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I don't understand how they're going to make it work to my satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, that's what TV is there for, mm-hmm. just satisfying amusement. They could. Now, hear me out here. This is 2018, so oh, no. I'm going to go for it. They could have both... Becky actresses there, and they're married to each other. Oh, that's kind of awesome. And then somebody makes the comment like, well, you know, the longer you are with your spouse, sometimes you start to look like each other. Oh. You, Can I write for the show? You I mean, have what, Do you thought, think that would be? You have thought about this on a level. I That was, like no, that was like in the last 10 seconds I just thought. That is that. outstanding. But should and, I write for the show? I mean, do you think? Yeah, I mean. Roseanne I think, writers, if you're listening. I think you just hit it right on the head. I think that would be funny. If, if, they wanted to, if they wanted to just hit it on the nose, and, and maybe it's a little bit too on the nose, but if they wanted to like play that for a laugh. See, and that works because I know Mark's not there. Yeah. So maybe she goes, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, see, I so, like it. See? I, Do you know something? Are you like... I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't. <laughs> that is so good. Ask, it could be real. Ask anyone. And I know very little. Fair enough. <laughs> if it's but, not, I mean, that if is, it's not Googleable, I'm, I'm not sure that I know. That it. is so good, it could be a thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Roseanne writers, if you, um, you know, if, if you're if you're looking to hire somebody who I don't know wouldn't mind a career change change to a 
make big money writing for TV shows, then um, uh, forget Dennis Matuch and hire me. <laughs> well, Dennis know. isn't here to defend himself. Dennis is so. not here, and I don't think he's thrown his uh, screenplays out there to anybody yet, so so feel free to give me a call. Um <laughs> All right, I, that might be it for new movie news. Is there anything else coming out that uh, that you've seen? That oh, they moved the uh, Infinity War up a week. Yeah. Okay. So, earlier. never happens. Mm-hmm. Why? What? What's the deal? I think I, I read somewhere, and I, I kind of started to think about this too. Deadpool is coming out. I think like two weeks after the original release date. I, I want to say Deadpool is like the thirteenth, or maybe like a week or two weeks after the original. Uh, release date for Infinity War, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of feeling like they said, "Hey, you know what? Infinity War is going to be big. Uh, Deadpool, we think, is also going to be big. Let's give Infinity War at least three weeks before okay. before something else comes out." I, I read that somewhere else on the internet, and um, I, I kind of thought, you know, that that does kind of make sense. That at this point, your first three weeks for a movie are probably going to be its biggest time. In the in the box office, so they're probably giving it like that three week cushion to say, sure, let's do this, and then if Deadpool comes out that. and and is really successful, then I guess my only yeah, I suppose yeah, it's just not something you hear about very much. No, no, usually it's you do hear about delays. you know dates, right? You hear about dates shifting here and there, but usually it's not a movie this big, and I don't feel like it's usually a movie this big, this close to its release date. Right, and. But I, I mean, I guess it's close enough where tickets hadn't actually gone on sale yet. Right. I don't know. It just yeah. seemed odd. It was one of those moments where I was like, huh. Yeah. So that actually happens? Yeah. Um, you know what I forgot to mention at the very beginning of this podcast? Uh, and, and and I think either Pat or Jeff brought this up. Um, we are now going to start listing Mark Hamill as an honorary co-host of the yeah, show. Yeah, I had because, heard something because about that. He's because he's retweeted two of my tweets now. Yeah, so, you're uh, somebody um, special. So I, Mark and I are really good friends. And right. uh, we are we are besties, and uh, I I will go over and mow his lawn anytime he needs me to, and that's not a euphemism. We we use the lawn mowing thing as a kind of a running joke on the show here. Um, we assume people listen to the podcasts while they're mowing their lawn or, mm. or driving their car or whatever. So if it's Mark easy. Hamill wants me to mow his lawn, drive his car. You know, I I will be Mark Hamill's gopher. You will be his gal Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I would. I would. I, and I would dress up in a gopher costume and be his gopher. Hmm. Which it's I kind good. of feel like he'd appreciate. It's good to know <laughs> that you have uh, that sort of dedication. I, uh, I feel he'd appreciate that. Oh, I would agree completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I think that's it for new movie news, unless you got anything else. Not, uh, no. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about Twins. Uh, so first of all, I think I forgot to mention, we do spoil the movies that we talk about. So if you don't want to be spoiled, then just, you know, you may want to go watch these movies and then come back later. Uh, but anyway, this time we're starting off with Twins. So Twins, the movie, came out uh, the 9th of December, 1988, was rated PG with a runtime of one hour and 47 minutes, directed by Ivan Reitman, uh, directed and produced by Ivan Reitman. Let's say it again. Ivan Reitman, uh, who directed Stripes, Ghostbusters, and Kindergarten Cop, and produced Animal House and Ghostbusters. Written by several different people. Uh, A couple of Williams, William Davies, who did Stop or My Mom Will Shoot and How to Train Your Dragon. 
William Osborne, who did Stop or My Mom Will Shoot and The Scorpion King, Timothy Harris and Herschel Weingrod also did Trading Places and Space Jam. Cinematography, I'm apologizing right now for however this name is said, um, Anzrev Bartkow, Bartkowiak, I, I, I apologize. I knew I was going to get that one wrong. Uh, did Falling Down and The Devil's Advocate. Music by Randy Edelman, who did The Chipmunk Adventure, Ghostbusters 2, Last of the Mohicans. Uh, also in the music was George Delarue, who died in 1992. Also did Platoon and The Day of the Dolphin. Budget was $18 million. Box office was $216.6 million. Uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Julius Benedict, who did the Terminator movies, Predator, and Total Recall. Danny DeVito was Vincent Benedict, who did Batman Returns, War of the Roses, and the TV series Taxi. Kelly Preston, who was Marnie Mason. She was in Space Camp and Jerry Maguire. Chloe Webb was Linda Mason. She was in Sid and Nancy and Practical Magic. Bonnie Bartlett was Old Mary Ann Benedict, and she was in the TV series V and the TV series St. Elsewhere. Marshall Bell was Webster. He was in Total Recall, Stand By Me. Trey Wilson, who died in 1989, was Beetroot McKinley, who was in FX, Raising Arizona, and Bull Durham. David Caruso <laughs> played Al Greco. He was in CSI Miami and First Blood. Hugh O'Brien, who died in 2016, was Granger. He was in Ten Little Indians and The Shootist. Tony Jay, who died in 2006, was Werner. He was in Time Bandits, Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Lois and Clark. Heather Graham was young Marianne Benedict. She was in the TV series Twin Peaks and Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. Uh, critical reception for this one, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 34%. Uh, Ebert, however, gave it a three stars. Audience rating on CinemaScore was an A-. Uh, it was a Golden Globe nominee for Best Original Song. In a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. He also has a twin brother. I have a brother? Oh my goodness, are you looking good? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Born to be bad. And Danny DeVito. Way to go, Mom! Are twins. My name is Julius. I'm your twin brother. Obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. Only their mother can tell them apart. Twins, the new comedy from Ivan Reitman. Julius. What? What are you, are you allergic to something? You all swelled up. You look like you're ready to explode. I love it when you hit people. Who are you? Vincent's brother. You're twins. That's right. Twins. Coming this Christmas. And our second movie this time around is going to be Big. Uh, Big came out on June 3rd, 1988. Actually, ironically, the uh, um, birthday of one of my siblings um, was June 3rd, 1988. So happy birthday, Brian. Uh, rated PG-13. I'm sorry, rated PG, not PG-13. Although you'd think it would be because they did drop an F-bomb. Uh, it was rated PG. It had a runtime of one hour and 44 minutes. Directed by Penny Marshall, who also did Jumpin' Jack Flash and A League of Their Own. Produced by James L. Brooks, who did The Mary Tyler Moore Show, uh, Broadcast News, and The Simpsons. As well as Robert Greenhut, who did Annie Hall and The Purple Rose of Cairo. 
Writers for this one were Gary Ross, who did Pleasantville and The Hunger Games, Anne Spielberg, who was the sister of Steven Spielberg, who also did, uh, I think, at least one episode of Amazing Stories. Cinematography was done by Barry Sonnenfeld, who also did Raising Arizona and When Harry Met Sally. Music by Howard Shore, who did The Fly and Lord of the Rings. Budget for this one was $18 million. Box office was $151.7 million. Starring Tom Hanks, who played Josh Baskin. He was in Dragnet, Saving Private Ryan and Forrest Gump. Elizabeth Perkins, who played Susan. She was in About Last Night, The Flintstones, and the TV series Weeds. Robert Loggia uh, died in 2017-2015. Uh, uh, played Macmillan. He was in Scarface and Independence Day. John Hurd, who died in 2017, just this last year. Played Paul. He was in Home Alone and The Pelican Brief. Jared Rushton played Billy. He was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Overboard. David Moscow played Young Josh. He was in Newsies and Just Married. John Lovitz was Scotty Brennan. He was in Saturday Night Live and A League of Their Own. Mercedes Rule played Mrs. Baskin. She was in The Fisher King and Married to the Mob. Josh Clark played Mr. Baskin. He was in Star Trek Voyager and McFarlane USA. Critical reception on this one, uh, New York Times' Janet Maslin said, quote, Big features, believable young teenage mannerisms from the two real boys in its cast, and this only makes Mr. Hanks's funny, flawless impression that much more adorable. This really is the performance to beat. Uh, just gave it an 80, 80%. Uh, 97% from Rotten Tomatoes. The audience rating is an 82% from Rotten Tomatoes and an A from CinemaScore. For awards, this one was nominated for Best Actor and Best Writing for the Oscars. Uh, Golden Globe, it won for Best Actor in a Comedy. For Josh Baskin, life was a little unfair. Until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. Sweetheart, it's 7.30, are you up? Josh! 20th Century Fox presents... Tom Hanks. Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. Now what? You get a job. Cannot get a job. I play with all of this stuff, and then I tell them what I think. And they pay you for that? Suckers! Vice President, he's only been here a week. See that girl over there in the red? She'll wrap her legs around you so tight, you'll be begging for mercy. Well, I'll stay away from her, then. I loved your ideas on the squeezy doll line. Thanks. <laughs> What were you like when you were younger? Ah! Oh, well, I wasn't much different. It's your Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Yeah. Okay. But I get to be on top. What is so special about Baskin? He's a grown-up. How do I feel about what? How do you, how do you feel about me? You're only young once. This is important! I'm your best friend. What's more important than that, huh? But for Josh... I miss my family, Susan, and I want to go home. Oh, my God, you're married! It just might last a lifetime. You'll never forget Tom Hanks. It's Beluga.
Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, and Hulk Hogan, apparently uh, in different interviews, they were talking about uh, Schwarzenegger and DeVito were given the option of doing this movie or Suburban Commando, which came out in 1991. And uh, had the two of them chosen Suburban Commando, then Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd would have done Twins. Let's do it. Let's do it Which, now. Let's switch them up and let's see what would happen. I think it would I be think that's awesome. I, I think it would be hilarious. Um, the other one that I think is also hilarious that you and I both commented on was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has always wanted to do a sequel to this called Triplets with Danny DeVito and Eddie Murphy as the third long-lost brother. Which we should still do. Which I think would be outstanding. That would be great, especially now that they're all really old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you the, can work in the old man comedy. Which, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I made the comment earlier, had they done this back in the day, I said that I would have loved it had they come up with doing a flashback to see, because there were the six fathers, and, and if they had done a flashback and, like, the seventh father, you know, steps in from the side or something like that, and it happens to be, like, Richard Pryor or Garrett Morris or, or, or somebody like that. Which is that's everything the, that's right with the world. Right, like, right. Yeah. So if they had done triplets, that would have been a great way to do it. And, um, the last thing I got here, and, and I noticed this watching the movie too, uh, when they, at the very first time that they pass each other and uh, they are outside the Grauman's Chinese Theater, uh, did you notice what, what movie was on the marquee? Oh, God, I did. Dang it. It was great. Yes. <laughs> Willow. <laughs> Willow. I totally did. I uh-huh. chuckled. I was like, oh, John's yeah. going to catch that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, Twins uh, actually came out in December uh, of 1988, and uh, Willow came out uh, I think late May of 1988. So it would have been mm-hmm. about the right time to to do that if they were filming in that time. So um, let's run through a, a real quick rundown of the plot here, and, and feel free to stop with commentary as we as we run through the I plot of this one. Never not um, feel free to comment on your plots. Feel feel free. Um, so Julius and Vincent Benedict are fraternal twins, obviously not identical. Thought I was looking into a mirror. Right. <laughs> um, as the result of these secret experiments that are done to produce like a super soldier, if you will. Am I allowed to break the timeline in these comments or should I save my comments? No, break the timeline. Go for it. So, he makes a comment at the end about mm-hmm. how they closed up this lab the day after they were born. hmm That's been a long time. There's no dust. There's nothing. Like, they opened the was, lab door. I mean, it was completely sealed. <laughs> completely. Okay. completely. What do you call that? Is that hermetically sealed? Hermetically sealed, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the day after, like, true government job, government, man, there was money in that. Like, they should have had to... I don't know. I feel like Germans were in charge of this experiment. <laughs> they leave an extra and year. Germans, or Germans, I don't are, know. Germans are very efficient. It's too efficient. That's my mm-hmm. point. I think the day I, after they I were feel born. like no, I feel like Germans. And 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 just because there was a second child, seal it, Schnell. <laughs> the experiment was a was a. I do. Gun. I don't know German, so I apologize if I just swore. Well, you're close to enough to read. No, you're good enough. Entire German. Like, that, that's hurry, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, something like that. Yeah. But. Like, because there was a second child mm-hmm. that wasn't perfect, but it's not shut like it down. the second child died. No, like, shut it's it down. Right here. No, like, shut what, it down. It's a failure. What I mean, <laughs> poor Danny DeVito. Like, it's yeah, it's to cement I, that he's unwanted. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, oh, we got our perfect human, but then we also got this thing. This guy. Ah, uh, seal the door. <laughs> yeah, the doctor was very harsh. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Uh huh. And and. Bad porn stash doctor, by the way. Yeah. Um, 
who didn't seem to age much from that picture. No. Like, they might have maybe done a little more work on him. He might have. I mean, they might have. The, the one father who was yeah. all, like, grandfathery but ripped. Uh-huh. Like him, they aged. Which, you know, I, I look forward to being that way someday. Oh, please. Grandfathery but ripped. Please, yeah. if I look that good when yeah. I'm that old. Shredded. Is yeah. that what the kids are saying now? Shredded? I think it is, yeah. and I can't. I, yeah. I can't. I saw Kylo Ren take his shirt off in the shower the other day. Somebody said he had an eight-pack. <laughs> said he's shredded. <laughs> Matt, the radar technician. John, you're so extra. <laughs> I know. You know. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so they are part of this experiment. Which apparently the doors were sealed the day after they were born. Hermetically sealed. Hermetically, Hermetically sealed. Hermetically sealed. Because, um, and, okay, so... The lab room mm-hmm. was the delivery room because you walk in and the first shot you see is hello stirrups. I mean yep. that machine is mm-hmm. front and center. And I need somebody to quit referring to it as the milkshake. The doctor I, the doctor I, was a little offended too. Yeah. I, we weren't making milkshakes <clears throat> here. Yeah. <laughs> I um I need some different terminology there. <laughs> yeah, Vincent is yeah. a little more crass mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than you might think. Yeah, is, you is that because you're going to go get a shamrock shake later and it's not nope. going to work for you? No, I may never drink a milkshake ever again. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. Daddy, why don't you like milkshakes, twins? <laughs> you you used to like them. Mm, twins. Dan, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> it's Danny DeVito's fault. fault. Who's Danny DeVito? I, You'll learn it's someday. It's his fault. You'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> that and... When he played the penguin in Batman Returns. Okay. Uh, so, um, so apparently, this while the experiment is a success, they treat it like a failure, and they uh, hermetically seal the room, and uh, they send Julius off to the desert island to, or not really a desert island, but an island paradise where he can learn and become the perfect human being. And so there's another one. The experiment is such a failure. Why not send them both to the orphanage? Like, come on. Granted, yes. Come on. I know. You're applying logic. I am. I feel like that's the fourth rule of a crisis situation is don't apply logic <laughs> yes. to this experiment. Yes. So You are correct. Mm-hmm. You're forgetting the fourth rule of the crisis situation. Oh, that's not even a good Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was a better attempt than mine. I used to, so I used to, be, much, I used to be much better at doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. Um, get to the chopper. Do it now. Now. Okay. That's better. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and their mother, Marianne Benedict, is uh, played by Heather Graham. Yes. And I totally did not remember that. And uncredited Heather Graham. Uncredited. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This might have been one of the first things. Is that a union thing? Because she doesn't have a scene. She's just in the pit. Well, Uh, maybe. She did have a scene, though, but she doesn't have any words. I wonder why she's... Yeah, I don't know. Because you see that once in a while. Uncredited. How does that even happen? Yeah. your agent. If you for not some reason good enough? don't want to, and I can't imagine an un, an a young Heather Graham saying something like, ah, "I don't want to be credited in this movie." Yeah, I kind of feel like if you're a young actor or actress, put my name, put my name on, on everything, put my name on yeah. everything. I put me uh, side of a cereal box. I don't care. Right. Like, put my name on. Yeah. I've never Richard under- Gere's socks. Put my name on his right. socks. I don't care. Just I get my I name out there. Ne- never quite understand the uncredited mm-hmm. stuff. Now I get like the one. Um, and I'm blanking out on who it was, um, did the voice for Jessica Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my. This is what happens when we record after working. And we're old. <laughs> Let's just remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes, though. I, but yeah, yes. there are some... You know, and, and that she just kind of did as a favor. Right. That I could see. But like, I don't want my name on this. Just right. I'll do it for you because I'm a friend. and blah. That and I can see. But if you're a young actor right. or actress, I don't know what... And if so Graham, if anybody knows, if anybody yeah. knows why people... 
leave themselves uncredited or if it's a union thing or, or what, uh, feel free to call in and let us know or email in and let us know because that... And, I, I've kind of always had that question, too. And if but. she was just in that picture, it would make sense. But I forgot, that opening scene, mm -hmm. there is actual video. There is actual yeah. moving pictures of her. She didn't say anything, but... No, because I don't know if anyone... But, well, yeah, right. maybe, it, maybe it sometimes has to do with an act, with a speaking role as well. Yeah, but there's plenty of, like... But mm -hmm. maybe... Yeah. It, I, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know, I mean, I know you get paid differently when you get a speaking role. It's true. Uh, yeah, it's true. So... Um, so anyway, on Julius's, I believe it's his 35th birthday, uh, Werner, or Werner, probably because he's, is he German? He was German. Yeah. 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 Werner. Werner finally tells Julius about Vince. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that. That's, we're not doing that the rest of the podcast. Oh, please. Please do. I did. Uh, March 2nd was Texas Independence Day. And that's why you put the flag and up that, on. Yes, that's why I put the, the flag face up on, on face tubes and, uh, the, the, my, my space book. Um, and uh, I, I tried to convince my children that it was Talk Like a Texan Day. Oh, I, that had I to be really, I really wanted Nora to go to school and talk like a Texan all day. But yeah. Yeah. So. I bet your wife wasn't uh, yeah. all that pleased with you. Yeah. Um, she would, <laughs> Nora wouldn't do it. She's like, she tried to do a Texas accent for a second. And she's like, uh, it turned. It ended up sounding more Russian. Oh, I don't know how that worked. But that's not good. She was she was doing a um, like a little secret high five that she and one of her friends do, like this mm. little, thing. and it goes like double double this this double double that that and and I said do that in a Texas accent. She's like double double this this and I'm like no 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 no. That's no. <laughs> like Nyet. no <laughs> you net. That is going to that's, get you uh, investigated by mm -hmm, Robert Mueller. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you don't know what that means, good. Yeah, you know, that's um. <laughs> There's been some tampering going on with your accent there, my friend. <sighs> Have you been to a voting booth lately? Uh, so, that's like twins. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, so he finds out that he has a, a twin brother, so he decides that he's going to go track him down, and he, and he just he feels that he's in trouble. They have this kind of twin sixth sense. That he's never felt um, before. He's never felt before, years. but now that he knows he has a twin, maybe he just always thought it was indigestion. Mm. And well, now... If I was twins with Danny DeVito, one of us would certainly I, be feeling indigestion so most of the time. So yes. apparently, after I hit 30, I have twins everywhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> on taco night, I have twins everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And the next day. And the next day. and this. But anyway, that's like twins. Yes. Um, so Julius does show up in L.A. and, you know, finally tracks him down and that he's in jail for his unpaid parking tickets. Uh, bails him out. Obviously, Vincent does not believe the story that this is his twin because just like looking in a mirror just like looking in the mirror and um so then they they have a run-in with the is it the clane brothers the names yeah. not not the brightest bulbs in the box but no um, but god are know. they fun mm -hmm. villains mm -hmm. for these two and uh so they do um they do find out that they they do believe or they find out that their mother is still alive um, and obviously Vincent is not happy about that because then he believes that she abandoned him, uh, at birth and, and then, um, that he doesn't really have any interest in going to find her if, if she didn't want him in the first place. And so then they, through a, a series of events, Vincent has also been stealing cars and selling them to try to pay back the debts that he owes to the Klein brothers. And one of the cars that he steals happens to have a, an experimental jet engine in the trunk. And uh, this is a car that was stolen that was meant to be delivered to a, we want to call him a courier or a... 
Bounty, yeah. not really a bounty hunter. No, Let's a courier is a good courier, a courier with a silencer a, on his gun. A transporter, if you yes, will. Yes, a transporter. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he stole the wrong car, and that is not going to work well for Vincent. So now he's got somebody else on his trail, um, played by uh, was it was his name Quato in uh, Total Recall. Oh, was that um, you know, this is where I get to admit my mm -hmm. ignorance. I never... Mr. Mr. Webster. He goes by the yeah. name Mr. I Webster. I never this saw movie. Total Recall. You never saw Total Recall? No. Talk about triplets. I know. <laughs> I knew that was what you were going to say, too. Because I know just enough about it to uh -huh. know that it's one of those movies I probably should have seen mm -hmm. and haven't. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's a total, the, the actor is a total oh, that guy. I mean, he's been in. That movie made me think of Aliens in a different way. Well, yes. Yes, it I, would. I, I just want to say, I, I want to believe. That that <laughs> we'll, might exist. We'll leave it like that. You are correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it Quato? K-U-A-T-O. Yeah, Quato. Quato. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So. Yeah, but he's a total that guy. I mean, he's been in oh, yeah. so many things. Marshall Bell. <laughs> like he's, Shady. Shady looking dude. Yeah, and he's mm -hmm. always playing a shady looking dude mm -hmm. too. Like he's always doing something mm -hmm. wrong. Well, if you're kind of, if you're shady looking, I guess you're gonna play a shady mm -hmm. looking dude. Shifty, so. yeah, my friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. So uh, he uh, they end up on their way to. Uh, the, he's gonna go to Houston because he's gonna take this card to. Uh, because Mr. he's called the guy with the best worst character Beat name Root, ever. Beetroot McKinley. So when you're sitting around and you're mm -hmm. William Davis, William Osborne, Timothy Harris, and Herschel. Wine grot. Sure. <laughs> <Poor Yeah. laughs> <man. laughs> when you're the writers, yeah. who and how do you come up with beat Beetroot McKinley. McKinley? I would almost have better luck coming up with William Beetroot mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. Beetroot? Beetroot McKinley. <laughs> someone must know someone beat named Root Beetroot. McKinley. Because where would you even come up with that? I, I don't know. <laughs> And but I mean, it's a it's a family name. Well, I, I do I mean, feel like I do and he's very like, Texas. So I actually wanted to ask you. I feel like Trey like, Wilson. You, have you ever met any beetroots in your Texas life? Oh, I, I guarantee there was something close. Okay, oh yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a. I've never I've never come across anybody whose name is beetroot. But I mean, but that's a total southern name. Well, like, yeah, because ridiculously southern name. So I believe it. Just Googling beetroot to see yeah. what comes up. There you go. Uh, but Trey Wilson, I mean, he, Nathan, Arizona, in Raising Arizona. So he's always got, like, fun names. And and so maybe he, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he had something to do with Eccentric it, southern parts. And God, it was just every time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then he says, oh, Mr. Beetroot. And Mr. Like, Be Be that's beetroot his, McKinley. That's his first name. Beetroot yeah. McKinley. Beetroot. So uh, they that's all. the worst name ever. Oh, I know. So they all pile into a car, uh, along with the sisters. Um, that piloted played the car one with them. played by the lovely and talented mm -hmm. Kelly Preston, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. I had forgotten how much of a crush I mm -hmm. once had on her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. So uh, yeah. So we have uh, Marnie and Linda uh, are tagging along on this little trip here, and they end up going in the car with them, and they decide that uh, uh, Julius is very excited because uh, New Mexico is is on the way to Texas. So they're going to stop off in New Mexico at this artist's commune where uh, he believes he's going to find his mother alive. And they get there and they, they try to get in and, and uh, you know, first they're not allowed in so they jump over the wall and, and uh, they run into somebody who kind of acts as if they're in charge of this place and, and they kind of say, you know, they kind of reveal that, well, no, your, your mother died a while ago. 
and obviously she doesn't believe them. She thinks they're real estate developers and they're trying to take her land from her. And uh, so she doesn't believe their story. But then you kind of it gets revealed that that is their mother. That's Marianne Benedict. And so they continue on to, well, I, they kind of continue on. Uh, Vincent is not very happy, so he kind of kicks everybody's stuff out of the car, and he heads on to Houston by himself to deliver this engine to Beetroot. To Beetroot. I, wanted to, I just want to say Beetroot as much as I possibly well, can. Well, exactly. Were this and, not, uh, were, we, uh, were we out recording this, we mm-hmm. might be able to make a drinking game of Beetroot. So I, I would encourage anyone listening to this podcast... Mm-hmm. Um, Beetroot. If you want to go back a few minutes. Yeah, and start and over. And feel free to start the Beetroot McKinley drinking game. I think Beetroot would approve. I think he would approve. Yeah. Beetroot, would you be- These people are going to be dead by the time we get. They're not even going to get to big. By the time we get to big, by the time we're talking about big, they're going to be like, Ugh. Well, the real question is. I love is- it. He was like one of the last guys that made it out alive in Star Wars. He's great. He even got a whole movie all to him. No, that's big. So that's big. Was, yeah. Whatever. The real question is. Is what would Beetroot drink? I mean, as a true Texas, as a true Texan uh-huh. in the aerospace industry, mm-hmm. um, you know what? What would Beetroot's drink of choice be? Well, I think he's he's a wealthier guy, so I mean, I feel like right. he's going to go with some scotch or yeah, or that's what I'm like thinking. That. Um, you know, if it was a little bit on the lower end, then I'd say um, a, a nice Lone Star beer, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm wondering, um, can you get? This is the 80s. Could you get good tequila from Mexico in the 80s down there? Because I'm wondering. Maybe. I'm thinking he could be like a Maybe. bootleg I, tequila kind of guy. I know? was eight and living in Texas at the Fair time, enough. so I wasn't stocking up on the Mexican tequila. But, um, you know. <laughs> you never know. Those eight-year-olds. <laughs> Nowadays, grow I don't know. fast. <laughs> Make a little, uh, there was a. There was a, a singer that my dad really liked called Jerry Jeff Walker. I and, you and, have and introduced me to him, him before, yes. and, and uh, he has a, he has a song where he talks about um, like I forget which song it is, but there's a line in the song where he he says something like uh, going across the border for some cultural exchange. Ah, I like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Across the border for a little cultural exchange there. Most deaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, the one person we didn't mention who does show up earlier in the movie as the uh, attendant at the parking garage, mm. uh, David Caruso. Yes, mm-hmm. everyone's favorite mm-hmm. uh, detective. Mm-hmm. John and I have recently put our sunglasses on uh-huh. and taken them off in a exaggerated yeah, manner exaggerated. to celebrate David Caruso the David Caruso-ness mm-hmm. of it all. Mm-hmm. Because we can. And speaking of human exaggeration. (laughs) Hi, Dennis. Hey, guys. That's quite the intro. (laughs) I called you bodacious. I needed to come up with something creative for him. You are the the human exaggeration. There you go. I'll take that. That'd be a good superhero name, too, or supervillain name. But but as you said earlier, Mm -hmm. it might lead to interesting questions. That's true. (laughs) Have you, so we'll we'll ask you the same question, have you ever met somebody named Beetroot? No. No. We're discussing it might be the best worst name ever. (laughs) Beetroot McKinley. (laughs) Beetroot McKinley. Uh, Other follow-up question, how do you feel about Kelly Preston? I like Kelly Preston. Okay, <laughs> just we're checking. We're making. Who sure. does it? Right. I was saying that I had uh, forgotten about my crush on Kelly Preston mm-hmm. until she showed up on the screen with mm-hmm. those legs. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> with that mind. Yes, twins. 
So he does end up getting the car down to Houston, and he's going to make the trade for this. And and I like you mentioned earlier, I do love the exchange when he's trying to. He feels like he's trying to get more money out of him earlier yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and wait he's a minute. Like, like, no less than like. 13, 15. 15. He's like, son, if you think you can do better than $5 million. A million. No, I think I'll find a way to live with your offer, sir. <laughs> so uh, he, he does get the prototype down to Houston, and then you get the, uh, the uh, shady guy, Mr. Webster, then comes in, then kills poor Beetroot and um, whatever Beetroot's assistant's name was, and uh, then tries to kill Vincent as well, and Julius shows up because he can feel his feel twin it. brother in trouble. It's, it's that indigestion where he can feel his brother in trouble. And uh, so they end up, uh, he ends up hitting him with the third rule in a crisis situation, which apparently is duck. drop chains yeah. on somebody's head. Duck. Um, and they go to, then you kind of find out that they are then going to return the engine, much to the chagrin of Vincent, uh, who they end up getting a, was it a $50,000? Mm. reward for returning it and then the other part of that too is they get their picture in the paper so then their mother sees it and then believes their story that they are twins and that they are her and children being a true shyster vincent happens to figure out how to hide a million dollars for like, himself yeah, I'm really proud that i gave back that four million dollars four million dollars four mi- just say it with me four, four million dollars the other millions I'm very for, proud of you proud, very proud of you vincent the other millions for the third brother right right That's, yeah right had you heard that one before that they had that they were talking about back in the day they were talking about doing a sequel called oh, really? Triplets with uh, Eddie Murphy as the third brother? Right? No, really? Seriously? Yeah. No, yeah. Come on. To which to which I told Bo, I was like, then what they needed to do was do a flashback where they had the six white fathers and all of a sudden like Richard Pryor walks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I what did get scraped for? Totally. For when they were talking, apparently when they were talking about doing it was around the time that he was running for governor, okay. and he was like, ah, I don't have time to. I don't have time to do this right now, so yeah, I would. Wa- I would have watched it. I still think it'd be funny to do if now they, if they did it today. Because you can roll in old man humor on top of it, and that seems to do well these days. The old man, yeah. old man racist humor is that what we're? Well, <laughs> there is that problem, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm sure you can work that mm-hmm. out. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I kind of feel like as an old man, Vincent's going to say some things that would not be necessarily appropriate. Well, sure. Yeah. But that's when Eddie shows up. Like, I don't know. Maybe you can mm-hmm. make that funny somehow. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then we, we end the movie, as, as all good 80 movie, 80s movies do, is we end the movie with the twins having had twins and pushing the baby carriages down the park, and everybody gets their picture taken together, and everybody's happy. And Yeah, and in that soft focus with the music playing over yeah. it. Like yeah. every every eighties movie 80s ends that way. Family movie comedy type thing. Yeah, yeah. three minute a baby three ended a baby, that way. Yeah. The one where Arnold gets pregnant ends that way. Jun- junior, yeah, that's junior. the one. Yeah, yeah. which I had forgotten that Danny DeVito was in that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The two of them, I would love to know what their relationship is like off camera. Because they're hysterical together on screen, and it's one of those things like a lot of piggyback rides. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they'd get nowhere and, fast. And, yeah. they, and they take turns. There's an image for you. It would take Danny DeVito, Rhea Perlman, and their children to carry Arnold Schwarzenegger. I imagine they get along pretty well. 
kind of, they're just so funny. Like, Lift with your knees. <laughs> and maybe it's the contrast of, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's a playoff between the two. It's yeah. so awesome. And I, you know, I knew I liked the movie, but it's one of those you sit back down and you get like 10 minutes in and you're like, right on. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see, was, and this yeah. one I didn't get to see again the second mm-hmm. day. So I, I've only seen it back then. Oh, okay. okay. And I remember liking yeah. it back then, but. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I just didn't get around to seeing it. Mm-hmm. Curious to see how much that'll kick back in. It was, it didn't take long for me. I was like, okay, yeah. I do like this movie. I forgot. <laughs> it's the little things, you know, it's the, it's the, it, as an adult, you pick up the one-liners more. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, just like looking in a mirror. Like, just <laughs> that, that dry Danny DeVito wit is just outstanding. And I think I, I appreciate that more as an there. adult. I think as a kid, I I noticed Kelly Preston more. Well, <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I think I appreciated Arnold more when I was younger because it was more the naive jokes, the naivete, which was funny. I think I appreciate Danny DeVito more as an adult because it's the dry, biting humor that I gravitate towards more now that I'm a mm-hmm. cranky old man, <laughs> for lack of a better way to say it. I will say probably one of my favorite lines... And I mentioned this earlier, one of my favorite lines, it actually sounds like it could have come out of the room, was the, I did nothing, the pavement was his enemy. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I'm so sorry when he's like apologizing to the guy, even though they tried to steal his bag. The pavement was his enemy. The pavement was his enemy. Thank you for the cookies. I look forward to tossing them. (laughs) 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 What was the other one? There was the other one that I I felt like, as a teacher, I should have used this at some point. Um, oh, what was it? <laughs> you have no respect for logic. <laughs> I feel like yes. as a teacher, that needs to be like printed yes. on, a, on a teacher t-shirt. Yes. Like, and I have no respect for no one who has no respect for logic. Or, but he's yes. got an axe. <laughs> he's got an axe. That's right. Uh, Jeff would use that for you. Mm-hmm. He'd use that mm-hmm. every day. All right. Well, have anything else we want to say about twins before we move on to? Uh, no, no. I'm move move on to big. I'm making it on the list to go see it. Now you want to go see it? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it, but like I yeah. said, see it again. Yeah. And, yeah. And now. Fun. Mm-hmm. See it if you haven't. See it again if it's been a while. I want to know why is the beetroot? Le- beetroot. We we decided that's a, that's a drinking game. He Who's, was the beetroot. Trey Wilson. Yeah. He was the guy who they were Nathan, Ari- the- Nathan Arizona. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, we, we decided that saying the name Beetroot was going to be a drinking game for anybody listening to the podcast. So every time we say it, our listeners have to take a drink. So Beetroot. So Beetroot. <laughs> and if you haven't fallen over yet... I'm going to, just at the very end of the podcast, I'm just going to have a loop of us saying Beetroot over and over and over again. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just in case they got to the end and still kinda, weren't toast. kind of feel like this is the uh, like similar to the State of the Union drinking game. Oh, that especially this year would not have gone over well. No. Yeah. Caruso was nobody at that point, right? Did you David say Caruso? David yeah. Caruso? Yeah. Yeah, he no, was... and, he, and he's like totally not his characters from he anything else. How old? Oh, God, yeah, I mean, pretty. Well, he was born in 56, so. 31. So. so he's about 31, okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, I didn't even have sunglasses in this movie. I know. That's so why I didn't recognize it. Put them on. I was, I was, waiting, I was waiting for him. When the show became big, that was. 
the CSI might. Yeah. Well, he was in N- N- NYPD this Blue. This '88, so when did mm-hmm. NYPD Blue start? Anyway, well, he was in, in. And remember, before that, he was in Hill Street Blues. Yeah, yeah. NYPD, NYPD Blue, or um, that was the big one. That was the one. Yeah, NYPD Blue was, was right. early '90s, '93, '94. Yeah. So and then CSI Miami was what, like late '90s, mid to late '90s. CSI Miami was, became whatever the heartthrob type of thing. It was 2002. Really? Yeah. I thought that was earlier than that. Yeah, was just, I don't guess not. He took a break and he was out and then mm-hmm. took a break. Well, he and like, he had yeah. he had he some tried a movie career and some flops and then he had some yeah. failed TV shows too. Mm-hmm. Michael Hayes tried; he was a vehicle for him. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I mean, he was in he was in the nineteen ninety one Hudson Hawk. Okay, you know, he did a bunch of stuff. He was King of New York in nineteen ninety, like movies I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. This was kind of smack in the middle of his career, but it was before he did anything. Mm-hmm. Before he had done anything. I had heard of, except for Hill Street Blues. Mm-hmm. He did Hill Street Blues, then he did this, and after that, it sort of seems to have taken off. You said uh, you said King of New York. Do you know who had the potential to be the King of Houston? Beetroot Beet McKinley, McKinley? Uh-huh. of course. Yeah. With a name like Beetroot, mm-hmm. you're going to get all the votes because mm-hmm. if you don't know who you're electing, when you right. walk into a booth and you see a name like Beetroot, the one bit. guy you're going to remember, gonna, they're going to be like Beetroot. Beet <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome, for that guy, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's Twins. Uh, we're going to shift gears, and we're going to move on into talking about Big, uh, which is the whole reason that Dennis is here, because well, we, we didn't just, have any food. I, I mean, you brought your own food. I brought my own yeah. food. Yeah. That Tom Hanks guy's pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and it was fun to have. We had just watched it the other night, and then as part of one of their montages, they had the piano scene in the Oscars. Uh, because. Which, which I kind of feel like that shows up in every movie montage. Because it is. One of the best scenes ever. Yeah. Like, just the whole thing. The fact that it's two guys playing a piano, a life-size piano, is... Mm -hmm. And then who it is. You know? They're just... It's so fun. And it's so subtle, too. He just looks at him. Piano lessons? Mm -hmm. Me, too. Every day after school. (laughs) Every day, yeah. It was just... Which... For one of us was last week. Right. <laughs> uh, so real quick, a couple of background things for Big. Um, according to Robert, how do you say his name? Is it Lo- Logia? 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 Isn't it Logia? Logia? I, I would I say Logia, but it Logia. doesn't mean it's right. I'm really Logia. bad at that. It might, be Logia. Logia. it might be Logia. Robert Logia. I'm going to say Robert Logia. It might be Robert Logia. Okay, I'm going to go it with Robert Logia. I already said Logia myself, but it should be It certainly sounds more refined to well, say Logia. He's so. he's dead. So, he did. Um, I don't feel like he's going to correct us. No. Uh, if, if he wants to correct us, he can call into the voicemail line and do that. That's totally fine. Uh, but according to Robert Loja, Beetroot. Beetroot. I think Beetroot was his middle name. Uh, on the day they filmed the famous keyboard scene at FAO Schwartz, he and Tom Hanks noticed that doubles dressed exactly like them were on hand just in case the two could not do the dance moves correctly. So it became their goal to do the entire keyboard number without the aid of the doubles, and they did succeed. They did not use nice. doubles for that scene. That's mm. cool. Uh, Tom Hanks was the first choice to play Josh Baskin, but was unavailable due to scheduling conflicts with the films Dragnet and Punchline. So Robert De Niro was then offered the lead role and was rejected because his salary that he demanded uh, was too high. He demanded $6 million for this movie. And I don't know that I would have pictured Robert De Niro playing Josh Baskin in this movie. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole That's a very different movie. Big. The movie's big. Yeah, it's a different movie. There's no, there's no two ways about that. That is a different movie. That him, him looking at himself in the mirror when he first gets big, like that takes on a hold it. Are you looking at me? Are you looking? I'm looking at me. 
I'm on top. <laughs> I get to be on top. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's... Um, that's weird that they... That would be a little strange. They weren't even close to age, though. Yeah, I don't think so. It's a big no, he's, time. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that that would have been that would have been different. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe a, a flop, a bit different. Well, yeah. Uh, this was also part of a late '80s mini cycle of age swap or body swap movies. Uh, some of the others were obviously this one, Big from 1988. Uh, there was another one from '88 called 18 Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one from '88 called Vice Versa. Another one from '88 called 14 Going on 30. Uh, one from '89 called Dream a Little Robert Dream. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the one that he put him in. <laughs> it was that the one that got remade into Thirteen Going on Thirty. Yeah. <laughs> one of the few movies uh, during the PG thirteen era that contains the F word. Uh huh. That's not a yeah. I noticed that movie. because I was originally I was going to be like, you know what? I think I remember seeing this as a kid, mm-hmm. but I probably saw one we recorded off of TV. In fact, I guarantee it was yeah, one we recorded off too. of TV. And so I'm I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? This would be a cute movie for the kids to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I don't remember anything. I mean, there were like some of the like Bras, almost love scenes. Underwear. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's that stuff. But I'm like, you know what? I'm like they haven't seen that in other plays. In a couple other movies here and there. So. Um, you know, not a huge deal. So, but then I went on. The kid that says it, his friend. His friend. I yeah. think so. Yeah, his friend doesn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, of course, he's the he's the New York uh, ruffian, right? Of the movie, he's mad at him towards the end. Yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. yeah, And uh, yeah. but I went on to like Common Sense Media, and I'm like, well, let me just double check real quick to see if there's anything. And then it mentioned on there that like it uses the F word, and I'm like, really? But I do. I think it was like a copy that we had recorded off of sure. TV somewhere, and that's why it didn't have. Some of the language in it, but um, so we didn't watch it with the kids. But yeah, I was kind of surprised at that, that that you know, still in the in the time when there is a PG thirteen that exists, that 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 was able to to get through there. Uh, all right, so well, that's all I got on the background part of things. Um, Steve Gutenberg also considered for Josh Baskin, totally different movie. Were they again. that it would have been but, very different, but similar, better but than well, probably possible. more similar than Robert De Niro. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Oh, come on, this is just a joke, right? Which? Apparently Albert Brooks also turned down the role of Josh Baskin. No? Yeah, that... I mean... No, okay, now this is... maybe, but... Nah, you're kidding. Al Pacino turned down the role of Josh Baskin. Just as bad. (laughs) Really? Gary Busey auditioned for the role. Ironically, Busey played another character named Joshua in Lethal Weapon. Okay. David Caruso. <laughs> right? Like, take off, yeah! your, take off your sunglasses, everyone. <laughs> Sean, Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery. Sean Connery. <laughs> I've, I've gotten big and Scottish. Did Mom, he, it's me. <laughs> did anyone see? I, I kind of went from Sean Connery into, like, uh, Saturday Night Live Sean Connery. Yeah, well, as you should have. Did anyone see, I think it was the first season, Colbert? took over the late show tom hanks has been on there tons they did a little parody with the zoltar machine and the whole I, thing i remember seeing that at one point that yeah. was good funny there's a whole tom hanks tim allen shtick it was mm-hmm. pretty good uh so a, a real quick kind of rundown of the plot of the movie and, and again feel free to just jump in and interrupt with commentary as you do um uh, so yeah, so we got twelve-year-old, and we'll, and we'll come back to the idea of exactly how old he is because that, upon viewing it this time, that kind of bothered my wife and I as to how old he was and certain things that happened to him over the course of this movie, given how 
old he actually is, his character is supposed to be, and then things that happen. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. It, it, it actually kind of it actually bothered us a little bit this time around. I, I'm really? watching this as a kid. It didn't bother me, but oh. yeah. So anyway, um, obviously he. What do you? Nothing. Did you call me old? Yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what? Like Sean Connery old. Hey now. You know what? <laughs> Beetroot. Beetroot. And I'll beetroot you. Uh-huh. No, no, I won't. <laughs> I'd prefer. Ed- God, how much are you gonna make me edit? First, it was the comment about fourteen, and then it was the. You're the one who had a I'm not editing. With I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not editing anything. All right, right. this whole all thing, right. it's it's all going in. Okay. Just be ready for it. Right. So <clears throat> they do go. Uh, they go to a carnival, and uh, he is he's going to ride one of the rides, and kind of bumps into this girl that he likes there, and and then her boyfriend he, drives. Her boyfriend drives, and he's a little bit taller, and and obviously when he tries to get on the ride, obviously he's not quite tall enough, but he could go ride some of the kiddie rides. So then uh, he makes his way over to the Zoltar machine, makes his wish to be big, realizes that the machine was not plugged in, at which point, I guess you just go on with life as if it's all normal. Mm. Um, which then, like, that ties into, like, later on this month when we talk about Chucky and how there's no batteries in it. That, I feel like, should just freak you out right away if something's not plugged in and, mm. and magically it's working, but well, that's yeah. fine. Wireless power. Right. So uh, next morning he wakes up and he's been transformed into 30-year-old Josh Baskin, um, which I still think is one of the funniest ways to reveal that, is him like climbing out of the bed and just seeing his legs, and then when he jump, jumps down, kind of makes his way to the bathroom, and then sees himself in the mirror. Uh, comes downstairs, obviously his mother thinks that her son has been kidnapped, and wonders who this strange adult man is that's in his house, and uh, so he ends up running out of the house and, and goes to find his friend, because he's kind of scared, doesn't know what to do. So they run into the city to kind of track down the Zoltar machine and find it so that they can wish himself back to being a kid. Realizes that he's going to, he's got six weeks until the paperwork goes through um, to be able to find the list of the carnivals where this thing is going to be. And um, in the meantime, he realizes he's going to need to get a job so that he can pay the rent at his trashy little hotel that he's staying at. And um, ends up going to work at a toy company in computers. And I, that was like the easiest job interview ever. How about it? I mean, if that's how job interviews went in the 80s, then mm-hmm. I, I'd i like to go back and do job interviews in the 80s. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, I know it's a movie. It, it has to be like easy to do. 12 people but. in the room. They right. weren't uh, each assigned, pre-assigned questions. Right. It was, you know. Yeah. Some random woman barges in in the middle of the interview. Apparently, you just have to be male and a pulse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they needed you know they needed data entry back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. And uh, I was very happy for him that he got excited about what was it one hundred and thirty seven dollars. Yeah. Which of course he thought was a lot, but which and I will I will stop here and say Tom Hanks and the way he acted like a child this entire movie I, I thought he did an outstanding job of being believable as a large child, like a child in an adult body. All of his stuff about getting excited about the paycheck. And he's like, I think it was like $137 yep. or something like that. And he's like, oh my God. He's so excited about it. My kids would be exactly the same way. Like there are times where, where I, I, I might mention something like how much something is worth. And that we, we actually did this a lot. My daughter was asking a question. She's like, how much your car is worth? And, and I was like, well, why? She's like, well, because I've got $40 in my bank, and I want to know how close I am to saving up for a car when I get older. I'm like, well, she's like, am I halfway? I'm like, mm, no. No, like, Daddy's, Daddy's car, we bought Daddy's car used, and it was a little over $10,000. And that's, 
you know, that's kind of on the on the lower end for, you know, a, a decent used car for, for how old it was. And, and she's like, 10,000? And I said, yeah, and you know, some cars, as you get further up, you're talking 30,000. So kids have no concept of money. And the fact that he gets all excited while John Lovitz is over there, yeah, you know, taxes. <laughs> sure do take a bite. Time. <laughs> And then he wants and then of all, course they all want it, and what ones it like? Them. Yeah, uh, we'll take. How would, how would you like that? And they go hold on. Yeah. <laughs> but did you see the? Uh, I don't know if you covered it or not, or like, like or, or, or going to. But um, Penny Marshall, how she had him do some of that scene, some of those a lot of the scenes. Wasn't she had she the had kid the, do she it had first? The, the boy who plays yeah. the young Josh. Mm-hmm. They would mm-hmm. shoot they would not shoot the scene, but go through the scene yeah. with the kid, and then Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks would do it. Yeah, and then he would mimic his yeah, kind of like pick up his. His yeah. reactions and little things. I guess I, they did for Forrest Gump too. I have trouble movie. seeing Robert De Niro do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Bobby's showing up on set for extra no, shots. No, no. It's funny. Granted, this is the adult. Not in at me. six million. No, this is the adult in me asking the question. So maybe it's silly. And this was the '80s, but from what I remember, there are a lot of weird rules about working with kids on movies. Can you imagine mm-hmm. how long this thing would take to shoot if you were waiting mm-hmm. on being able to use the kid every time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm yeah. saying... I think it shows in the movie. I think it's great. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah. yeah. So he... Uh, he <clears throat> obviously working as a data entry clerk and, and working way too fast. Uh, you know, got to slow it down. Don't make us look bad. And uh, so he kind of... He literally runs into the company's owner. Um, and then uh, later on kind of meets him up again at the FAO Schwartz toy store and, you know, is kind of, they're having the conversation about the different toys and how that doesn't make sense that this toy would be this way. It's more fun when it was like this and I don't get why they changed it. And, and so you can kind of tell the, the owner of the toy company is, you know, just amazed that this adult man has all these insights into toys and what makes them work. And, and then they do that whole like, iconic scene where they're on the, the keyboard. And, and apparently I'd read somewhere that those keyboards were not long enough to, to have two people do the scene like that, they had to have it custom made. Because I guess when they did make those keyboards for real, they were like a third of that size. Mm. And they said, and they were very, um, they didn't have enough of the tones to be able to play uh, sure. the songs that they wanted to play. It was, uh, what were they playing? They were playing Heart and Soul, Heart and Soul. Heart and, Soul and, and Chopsticks. And, chopsticks. <clears throat> and that it just didn't have, didn't have the, the tones right. that they needed for it, didn't have the, the music for it. So sense. they actually had the guy who made that keyboard custom make them a giant one. It does um, make sense because you kind of look at that and you go, wow. 2% of the population could even fit one of those in their house. Right. Exactly, yeah. And 2% of yeah. that 2% would actually buy it. So who right. made this thing? Right. Yeah. When you know, when you realize that the original is only six and a half feet long, you're like, right. oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, so Still like half my house, but and, the, and then Josh, after that whole thing, Josh gets a promotion that allows him to be able to afford an apartment that would fit a keyboard. This is true, and he still doesn't get one. Roughly eighteen. He still didn't get one. No, no I know. Yeah, so it's other stuff, but he never went and got that keyboard. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to stop right now in the middle of of going through the the movie plot and just ask. Here he is as a kid, and, and, you know, as kids, a lot of times, we'd always say stuff like, you know, I wish I was bigger so I could do this. I mean, that's the whole premise of this movie. If you were, and I asked my own kids this, and they their answers were kind of dumb. So, um, no, they had, they had good answers, but they weren't really thinking through the question very much. Um, if you, as a kid, had the opportunity to get old and get big all of a sudden and have, like, money and have all this... What do you think the first thing... Think back to when you were a kid. What's the first thing you would have done? If you were in his situation, yeah. be careful with what you're about to say, sir. I don't want to have to edit anything else out of this dumb. episode. You, what'd you say? I'm dumb. 
would be the first thing you'd do? I mean, they go hit up like some baseball games. They do some yeah, stuff around the city and all stuff that. Stuff like, like that, yeah. But I, like, first thing I would have bought, I probably mm-hmm. would have gone out and bought every video game I'd ever wanted. Okay. Mm. Probably. Or, you know, and he, they, they I think I would have wanted to drive, maybe. Um, okay. Yeah. Sure. I think car and driving right away first. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say video game, I might mean like go out and buy the arcade cabinets and have a little mm-hmm. lineup mm-hmm. of them. Not necessarily like. Mm-hmm. I think he had a couple. Yeah. 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 Wait. So, that was cool. Related to that, if you had an apartment like his, what would you stock it with? Yeah, I was gonna say like the trampoline. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. I remember watching um, that as a kid and just thinking, no, that's pretty much perfect. Yeah, that'll you do. You got a pinball that'll machine. Be... You got a trampoline. You got a Pop Pepsi. A shot. Got a Pepsi machine. You got. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't think of anything he missed except you know maybe the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Driving might. Uh, yeah, driving might have been. Well, I think as a kid too. you're thinking, man, I'd like to be alive. Well, I was yeah. thinking mm-hmm. I wanted to get behind the wheel, and especially with mm-hmm. him because he had that situation where he couldn't. But, right. Um, mm-hmm. Then maybe, honestly, if I was that age and I couldn't go on some of those rides, for me, rides would have been another. Like, I mm-hmm. think of all the things you can't do, mm, yeah. you're like, man, that's not fair they get to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, one's like staying up late. That's go see just, some R-rated movies. Or... Maybe. Yeah. But, um, like, if there were some, like, really cool movies you wanted but that, that were, yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably about it, because I don't know if you'd be thinking with the mindset of a 12-year-old still yet, like... Right. Like the whole like dating or anything like that, but he certainly wasn't. No, I think you would definitely. Do <laughs> you that, mean like a sleepover? So you a sleepover? Yes, okay, yeah. but I get to be on top. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would be more definitely along the lines of, of like that type of stuff, some adult stuff. But yeah. then you would be like, after a little while, this is no big deal, right? <laughs> like driving, you're like a mm-hmm. god. Yeah. I gotta drive yeah. somebody somewhere now. Do this <laughs> in New York. Excited. In New York traffic. <laughs> I, I think back to if I think back to like age twelve, like roughly the age mm-hmm. that he is in this movie. I think, because the one thing that I wanted to do, I had some friends when I lived, I only, they're the only ones I've ever had. Um, but when I lived in England, I had some friends that were, their parents were taking them to the Guns N' Roses concert in Paris. Nice! And I th- want to say that was one of the last Guns N' Roses concerts that they did, at least like in a, in a world tour type thing. And that one was kind of famous because I think Metallica might have been opening for them. Wow. And, and I remember my friends being like, hey, you know what? My, my parents will get you a ticket if you want to come with us. And I'm like, would you want And then I asked my parents. They're like, no. No. Their parents take you to Paris to see guns. First of all, we don't want you to see Guns N' Roses. Second of all, you're not going to Paris with your friends. But everyone is doing it. I know. And so, like, I think, and that was, I, I was round about... another group of people. Today. You did. Well, I think we've done, we've done Russian accents, we've done German accents, French. German was all you, buddy. I think the German was me. Yeah. Yeah. Beetroot. 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 Um, I think that if I was that age and I wanted to, I think it would have been go to that Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. concert. Sure. That would have been my one thing. I think for me, I'm thinking too, I would just love to go out and play sports. Mm-hmm. Like just like just pro, dude, like pro sports. Like, well, yeah. like any sport. Like at this point, I just sure. want to play sports because, yeah. like, when you're a kid, you're limited by your size and ability right. and all mm-hmm. that. Here, it's like I've got this body. You know, like now I can actually throw a ball farther mm-hmm. or a baseball. Or how far can I hit this? I'd, like I like those are probably the three: the driving, the sports. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, they continue on. Uh, he he gets the very nice apartment, and um, you know he kind of. You kind of progressively see him start to act a little bit more and more like an adult, uh, especially after he gets involved with um, 
uh, what's her name in the movie? Susan. Um, Elizabeth Perkins in the movie. Um, do you have the one great scene where he shows up at the party in the white tuxedo? Yes. Yeah. And he's trying all the food and that. I still remember that part with the, yeah, like the little, the little corn. The little corns? Like, yeah. That where the thing. escargot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and then they kind of, and they have the, um, the limousine ride, you know, where he's, you know, eject your seat, and he's up out of the sunroof, and, um, and then obviously after he, after he enjoys her company in other more adult ways, then he kind of at that point truly starts to become more of an adult. He starts to wear suits, and you know, his office is a little bit less decorated like a child. Comes in the morning, coffee, and you know all that stuff, and. Um, so let me so let me, not, let me stop so, there so, as well. So, then so you're not uh, you're not asking the question. Did they this time? You've accepted that they did. Oh, I've accepted that they did. Okay, just yeah. Well, because he comes in with that stupid grin on his oh, face. Oh, I know. I'm morning, just saying. So. The last time we right. were all together, you this is, were this is you the, and Jeff were on the side of. Well, no, maybe not. Well, that's Casablanca. This is the '80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. No. Just that's, saying. These that's two. Different. No. No. These are the these are the movies of the stupid grin. Uh, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger with the dumb grin on his face. Yes, that's true. And then you've got Tom Hanks like skipping into the office. Yeah, there, there is a theme today, uh-huh. isn't yeah. there? So that's I'm going to stop here as well, and I'm going to say, watching it this time, because it's been years since I've seen this movie, watching it this time, and, and Sharon remembers watching it too when she was a kid, watching it this time, we were a little bit bothered by the fact that we know he's supposed to be 12, mm-hmm. eh, 13, um, and he had sex with an older woman, hmm. and that I don't know I, that didn't bother us to the point where it ruined the movie for us, but it at least we kind of thought about it that time. We're like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a little um, it's a little dicey, and I don't know if that's just more of like modern sensibilities of everything that's happened in the last year or so, and. All that's all the stuff with like all the sexual harassment stuff and all that. I don't know if that is coloring our perception of the movie. Where if we would have watched this, you know, five years ago, would that have bothered us as much? Or I don't know. And and maybe it's also like having a child who is close to that age and being like, well, that's a little weird. Yeah. When I watch this as a kid, I don't even think about that part. And I don't even. I mean, I wouldn't even thought of the question of did they or didn't they. I'm like, oh, she took her shirt off. And then and now it's the next morning. Right. Nothing happens in between that. So, no big deal. But, yeah, this time it kind of might have weirded us out just a little bit. Maybe we were thinking too much about it. Hmm. I don't know. that ever bother you guys? Well, not until you said it. <laughs> See, now that I brought it up, it does. <laughs> well, was it in... Was, were they covering it? They don't actually... Again, you can say that it's implied. Mm-hmm. But you can't Heavily. confirm it. <laughs> True. So is that they're out of, that's kind of up to you to decide whether or not that is or isn't. If it bothers you, then they didn't. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't bother you, then they did. Okay. And they leave it, that that ambiguity there of not knowing. Doesn't she grab the hammer? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else. Like, do they actually, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's just chipper. He doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, is it different because when you were a kid, did you think that he did? When you watched this as a kid. Oh, when I watched this, I wouldn't have even known what they were implying. So you didn't even get the on top joke like that joke? No. Oh, no. Okay. How old are you? How old are you? Well, last time I would have seen this movie, I 
when we were watching this as I was when, 16, so. when, they, when we were watching yeah. this as kids, I was so probably like I was probably enough. like early middle school. So no, I, I was probably yeah. Like I mean, I was grade. seven. Yeah. So so probably, and I haven't watched it much since then. So I, I'm guessing I was probably fifth or sixth grade the last time I watched okay, it. Okay, so yeah, you were. So yeah. yeah. So I wasn't I wasn't necessarily thinking that way. Yeah, I I'm embarrassed to say I didn't even think about it until you said it because you're right. Did was it? <laughs> and I, I mean I don't want to I don't want to lay like a no, real heavy layer on no, top of a it's, fun eighties movie, point. but way to bring it down. I know. Jeez. <laughs> was it except? It, was it? This is the sequel called Big Disappointment. <laughs> Was it quote unquote acceptable because it was an older woman and not an older man? Is it? Because if you flip it around, then well, you know, big that's what that's what right. Sharon. That's what she, my wife Sharon. That's what she said too. She's like, you know, if this was flipped around, we would automatically be like, well, that's creepy. Huh? But is that a double standard then that we're saying? Yeah, he was. He's a guy, you know. Right. So I don't know. I just that was something that w- I had never thought of that before. But the the two of us in watching this movie, we almost like simultaneously turned to each other. And we're like, "Does that seem weird to you this time around?" Yeah, it kind of seems weird to me. So I don't know. It, yeah. it doesn't ruin my enjoyment of the movie, but it just kind of makes me question that particular part of it. And I was like, uh, "Okay." Yeah, I, wonder I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, but it's interesting, and it's yeah. even more interesting that in all the stuff you look at, that never comes up. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've ever read anything where they talk too much about that. There's not a lot. I was just looking to to see. Yeah. If it was. Well, I'm just here to manufacture controversy. That's oh, my. That's, that's what my, a good host that's, does. That's right? my job. That's my job. <laughs> and like I said, that they never can. Harvey them. Weinstein. Should we talk about Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> yeah, no. let's do that. <laughs> and they even. God, it's funny. They even there's hit no, you. They no. even hit you in the face with it one more time. Because she says. What are you, 15? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, 13? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes that scene even uh-huh. worse. <laughs> but they, I mean, it's kind of like her reaction is like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what I just mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but she didn't know that prior. Right. Right. So that's why I don't think it comes off as creepy. Right. I don't. I don't think any. I don't think anybody's. I don't think would say known, anybody's at fault. Had she known about the age thing mm-hmm. before, then that comes off as totally right. wrong. Oh, absolutely. Totally, the yeah. fact that it was more like this, and he mm-hmm. probably was like, well, you know, just what do I, you know, like very. I think the right. fact that if it plays off like that, that yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, but uh, again, I think because it's presented in a, in a way where it's. Not hundred percent confirmed, mm-hmm. and that you don't see anything really, mm-hmm. and the fact that they do cut to a scene of a train know. going through a tunnel, but she, you know, blocked. Slide roll. That she didn't. That she didn't know his age. To him, he's a you know thirty-something-year-old man. Mm-hmm. So therefore. It's it's one of those things that does it get a does it get a pass mm-hmm. on the of- offensive meter, yeah. an appropriate meter. Yeah. It's 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 honestly more interesting from a filmmaking perspective. Like why 
Were they even thinking about it when they chose it? Because he could have. Penny Marshall directed it. Well, exactly. <laughs> right. right. Roman Polanski. Right. <laughs> Woody Allen. It could have just as easily been fifteen. Like that was that's the thing. Like for him to be two years older when they wrote the script. She's older and his daughter. <laughs> I don't know how that works in the movie, but <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna work it in somehow. Yeah, I don't know. That's mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I, I mean, I just like to make up stuff that sure. causes controversy. And why not? How do you feel about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Do you feel like that's part of a white savior narrative? I just thought I'd bring that back. We I don't think we've had an argument over that in a while. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so they find out that uh, learns from Billy that the Zoltar machine. Uh, is back. They have discovered where the machine is, so he knows that he can go back and make his wish to return back to uh, being a kid again. And so he's got to make a decision as to whether he's going to stay as an adult or go back to being a kid. And, um, you know, he kind of reveals everything to Susan, but she doesn't necessarily believe him. And, because and, who would? Uh, who would? And, uh, and given our conversation we had just now, she probably doesn't want to believe him mm. um, and believe that he's 13 years old. And so uh, then you have the, the scene where he kind of runs off after they're having their meeting about the interactive comic books, and he runs off in the middle of the meeting and goes to find the machine, makes his wish, and, and then uh, she ends up driving him home, and that's when you, kinda, you see him walking down the street, and all of a sudden, she, as she turns back, he's, in the, he's the child again in the adult clothes and walks off, and she drives off. And then the last scene you get is uh, him and Billy walking down the street again with their stickball bat and... And their bikes and singing their song and roll credits. And everything's back to normal. Everything's back to normal. Except he has had experiences. He's had experiences. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was much cleaner than it was. <laughs> All right. You know I'm gonna, am I going to have to edit this part no, too? No, I've, I've edited. Edit the part where Bo says something in a creepy voice. <laughs> I've self-edited. We're good. <laughs> okay. We're good. Mm -hmm. We're good. Before we get too deep into the Beat end root. of it, Beetroot. Beetroot, that's the safe What's word. What's with the seaside? That's the safe word, beetroot. <laughs> What's with the seaside amusement park that's like devoid of anything? Amusement? Yeah, there's a, there's the ocean's there. Mm -hmm. I get that part. And Zoltar's there. And Zoltar's there and a couple other random machines. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, there's a dried up fountain they pull up on. It's like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. the, and it already moved. Wasn't it a carnival coming through and it moved on, so... Could be. They that's just, why, that's, that's just, why I thought he had to track it they down. Just, they left the Zoltar machine there. But I feel like it's a seaside amusement park, oh, so okay. shouldn't there be, like, stuff? I don't or know. Seasonal. Depends on what season. Yeah, I suppose that's yeah. true. It was, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> like, I took it like if you drive by Great America right now, it's not looking too nice. Yeah, it's also mm -hmm. not open. Like, the gate's yeah. not open. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just odd. Mm -hmm. One of those moments. One of the things you don't notice as a kid, but you're like, what is going on in this scene? <laughs> You found an open plaza to park your Zoltar machine and shoot a movie. Okay, good. Get it now. Hey, do what you gotta do. Exactly. All right. Um, anything else we want to say about Big? Good movie. Yeah, it's one of those movies where, from you know, it's again. I've seen I liked it, it until time. John brought up the questionable. I know, and I just, sex geez, stuff. Now now I see it. I'm gonna go back and see thing. that scene mm -hmm. and just see if it's how how heavily implied it mm -hmm. really is. Like I couldn't remember. I, yeah. It's all about the coffee and the skipping. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's the I think it's the stupid grin. It, the, oh, that too. There's Arnold's grin in in Twins and. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, anyway, it's one of those movies that when it's on. Yeah. 
you stop and you watch, mm-hmm. especially if it's anywhere close to that scene where they're playing hard. Oh, so yeah. If, you're oh, even, yeah. If, if I have to wait 20 minutes just to mm-hmm. get to that, I'll wait 20 minutes mm-hmm. just to get to that spot. Well, we were, and we were talking about, we, for some reason we were talking about that like the next day, and so I, I the, Nora asked me, she's like, what are you guys talking about? I said, oh, there's a movie that we watch, it's got, and actually you would really like this one scene, so we pulled it up on YouTube mm-hmm. and showed them that scene. Um, and from that scene, they're like, oh, I want to watch the rest of the movie. I said, well... Yeah, we'll see. You know, maybe yeah. maybe a little bit later. But <laughs> wait till you're 13. Then you can do all kinds of stuff when you're 13. <laughs> but I think like the I think the movie has such a nice charm to it. I think it's mm-hmm. perfectly cast with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, Robert Lo- Loja's character, just the way they, the way he finds him. Like initially, there's a fascination just from the probably the, the business aspect of mm-hmm. it. But then just that whole idea of kids and toys and being a kid and. And while he's an adult, it actually, it, it, it's not like he over, the fact that he preserves the childlike quality mm-hmm. while he's the adult, which is obviously the whole premise of the movie, but, yeah. but he does, and, and, and he fights against becoming some things of adult, and there's the friend to bounce that back off him. So it, it's, there's such a great, I think, almost a sad feeling of like, you know, of growing up and, and what do you lose? Because he grew up fast and he lost so much in a lot of ways, even though there was all these new. It's just, it's, I think it's a deeper movie in many ways than, than you than you think. But, um, how deep would you say? <laughs> just, just, I'm trying to be really good. Here. These, these two are they're wearing the black, by the way. They're like together, like they're wearing the same matching outfit right now. I didn't get the memo. Twins. Yeah, <laughs> twins. We were, hey, man, we're going with themes here. Am I Vincent? I got, I'm more close. I got, Pat had, it was funny, if Pat was here, Pat had the same thing on. He probably and I almost, yeah. had, I almost put the black shirt triplets. on today and I would have had it. Triplet. We could have been the triplets. Uh, yeah. Does that make Pat any Murphy? That's how that works. Sure, why not? <laughs> but I think the casting's great. I think all the people in our, I think it's just, I, it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies. I like it just because that whole... This made me. This made charm me. To it. This made me want. This movie made me want to grow up and be a vice president at a toy company. Yeah, I was right, under, like, I oh was under God, the impression like, that job. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was under the impression exactly. that this job is available. Like out I could right. do that. Mm-hmm. I could totally do that. He shows us all the job we all wish mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. existed yeah. when we were kids. We're like, I want to grow up and be that guy. Mm-hmm. And then the John Hurt guys. Toys John Hurt, all day. John Hurt, yeah. John Hurt yeah. like, who just recently died. Yeah, yeah. he like was such a good guy in that role. Just he was always great in that role. Just. Schmuck. Yeah. Just, yeah <laughs> just so well. So I mean, perfectly cast, perfectly directed. I think. It's, I think. It's, like I said, the only thing now that I could say negative is what just John brought up. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> dropped a bomb <laughs> on everybody. <laughs> well, you know. Great, great. Hey, that's what I'm you mentioned. For. Great directing, great pedigree too. I think I'm trying to dig it up here. I think Barry Sonnenfeld is the DP. Yeah. I mean, okay, yeah. you just start now with names that now are like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's a Sonnenfeld. Okay, like. Yeah. Sonnenfeld's the DP, Penny Marshall directed, Tom Hanks. I mean, that's some star power when you when you think about it, and and it shows. It's great. Like, and he doesn't yeah. go over the top as a kid. And he doesn't no. go right. To, it, it, it's it literally is like right in there where you could see that kid being in there, just perfect. Like, yeah, he, there was the right tone. I think the the only because he didn't get too kid like and right, silly, right. and he was there was a little bit of confusion and just like a little bit of like trying to figure stuff out and like is he thrown in this whole new adult world and right. and he knows who he is but he doesn't realize everybody else sees him a certain way so having to play that there's a fine line to play that role and I think that's one of I think that I don't know I, I'm trying to think what was before that for Tom Hanks but I think that was honestly uh, Dragnet. 
Might yeah, have been he was the, working on Dragnet. That's why. Well, what other real serious role? Even though that wasn't <laughs> serious, serious. But there's some darn serious parts in there that he had to play, mm-hmm. which showed his his range. I think from bosom buddies and everything else. Right. I want to say he was working on was, Punchline and Dragnet at the time. At the time, but before that, I don't know if there was much that was waste. I think he was. Yeah, because yeah. no, the eighties was bosom buddies right. and all that stuff, and that was silly. Couple, actually, almost uh, annoying. Tom Hanks. Those episodes of Family Ties. Yep. Again. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, then it's Splash. Uncle, yeah. Splash. Yeah, Splash. Splash. Okay. Bachelor, and Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party. Money was Pit. Money Pit was comedy. Uh, Money Dragnet. And then right after this, Punchline. Right after Bit, then it's Big, then Punchline, then The Burbs, then Turner and Hooch, Joe versus Volcano. Burbs. Yeah. I, love I, I think. Movie. I think though, even though this was. I, I guess it's still classified as a comedy. Mm-hmm. It still has enough, I think, dramatic elements. Oh yeah, it's got a lot of heart to it. It's got a lot of that. It showed his range where he could mm-hmm. like. It's mm-hmm. kind of like when Robin, like what made Robin Williams be able to do both. Like there's a mm-hmm. few, Tom Hanks is one of those few people that's that's like that. You know, and Jerry Lewis actually was able to do it, mm-hmm. and and in which. I don't know if that was until much later, though, mm-hmm. because even though uh, like Nutty Professor back then had a very serious character in it, and then he had the you know the Nutty Professor, obviously, it wasn't until like like when they when he did um, the one with Robert wasn't Robert De Niro wait um, yeah the, the 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 Jerry Lewis one which was um, King Comedy oh oh yeah which was a serious role like, yeah it was and and the, the people were like wow this is not silly mm-hmm. you know and he won I think an Academy Award nomination for that. But I'm like, there's few people who can kind of cross that line so well, you know. And and, well, and, I, and, and I Tom Hanks like, and Robin Williams are the two that come to mind mm-hmm. that do that like phenomenally. Like, and I almost feel like he didn't really get into more serious roles until you got that, yeah. until you get to like Philadelphia, which surprises me and, that it was so is, many more silly ones. It's like after five this. years later, yeah, because yeah. Philadelphia was '93. Then you had Forrest Gump '94. Then you had Apollo '13 in '95. And then you start to have more stuff like Saving Private Ryan, The Green Mile, Castaway, Road to Perdition, Catch Me If yeah. You Can. You know, then you start to get into more of his well, stuff. Well, you know what it sounds like. Lately, I, but. I, I don't claim to be a Tom Hanks biographer, but you know what that reads like? That reads like the resume of a man who. I had fun. Now I want an Oscar. <laughs> I had fun. I made some money. Now I can make the movies I want to make, not the movies I have, have to make. make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got typecast early because I do this well, Well, but I want to make these serious movies. And look here, yes, I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he didn't. And there, and there are elements of that that showed other people maybe trust that. Where before, Mm -hmm. no, you're just typecast as any, you know, like like Mm -hmm. I always wonder, like could Will Ferrell, Bill Murray was able to do that Mm -hmm. with uh, Razor's Edge and some of those movies that Mm -hmm. like he was able to kind of bust out of there, and, Mm -hmm. and he's done even ones more recently. So it is interesting to see, you know. You mentioned Will Ferrell, cases. like he's had a couple. Will Ferrell's had a couple of. He had that Stranger Than Fiction one, which is still kind yeah. of a comedy, but and then I feel like he did one called uh, Everything Must Go. Yes, yeah. Which I, I feel like that's, I saw parts that's of that there, more but, of a. Serious but it wasn't one, a big hit. Yeah, yeah. So right. is it people don't see him as more than that? Right. Are they not sold by the performance? Right. That's and that what I'm saying is like 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 for for I, I I would have to look up the filmography of him too, but yeah. for Robin Williams, I think it was Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that was the first real serious role that he had. I'm not yeah. sure there might be something else, but you know, and and to me it's a similar crossroads for, mm-hmm. for these two movies. Mm-hmm. You know, he played a teacher and he played the series. And it's very right. obviously the ending is very very 
heavy. Right. But he gets to also be funny in it. Right. And same thing with him. He gets to be funny in this, which he's good at, which they know he could do. Mm-hmm. But then he also gets to show kind of those more serious moments. Right. And, and well, I guess it's a bit crossroad movie for him. Yeah. And, in my opinion. Well, and as Jeff and I mentioned, I think a couple episodes ago, that he's been cast to play Mr. Rogers in okay. the Mr. Yeah. Rogers movie, too. So um, I don't remember when that one's coming out. I think it's I coming out maybe like 2019, awesome. 2020, yeah. based on the biography of the, uh, I think there was a journalist who spent like a year kind of getting to know Mr. Rogers and wanting to write a biography on him. Sharon's That's read the book. It's a really good book. I think it's called something like um, I'm Proud of You or something okay. like that. Um, yeah, so the, the movie's going to be called uh, You Are My Friend, and Tom Hanks is the one that's playing See, Fred Rogers. Is that going to be a late Fred Rogers? Or are they going to try to have him play young Fred I don't know. I, don't I, know. I, I think, I think right later. Right, age, right. They do have yeah, an older one. That's going to be definitely possible. Yeah. Maybe flashbacks and have somebody else play him when he's young. Yeah, Tom Hanks do the voiceover maybe, and then, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Big Twins episode. Hey guys, it's Pat Colin. Sorry I can't make the podcast this week, but dude, fired up for these two movies. First off, big. This was probably, I remember seeing this movie when it came out. What a lot of fun it was. What a, what a cool concept and the idea of, you know, a kid in an adult body. And, and uh, I know other movies have done it, but this, this movie was a lot. The first movie I remember watching Tom Hanks in, that was for me, that was who Tom Hanks was, this character. And so everything else I compared to that, I thought he nailed it. I thought the way that he did all the, the kid things from, you know, standing on the back of the truck, the loading dock, uh, there's a loading lift on the back of the truck to, you know, sitting in the limo and the, the gal's trying to talk to him and all of a sudden he's like, see! and jumps out the top. Uh, the way Tom Hanks captured that was, was just awesome. Um, you know, I, I can't quite pick a favorite scene, uh, because I think I just I started listing them off right there, but just the way Tom Hanks brought that idea of a kid uh, stuck in the adult world to life, um, I like how he how they kind of got into the stuffed shirt kind of adult you know world of business, and he brought a breath of fresh air. Um, I, I thought that was a very cool twist to the story. Um, just a lot of fun. I, you know, I know that this might even be come up in the podcast, but I thought that game that he played was really cool, and I always wanted to buy it, and then I found out that it was made just for the movie, but I always thought that video game was cool, and uh, yeah, a lot of fun. So, that's pretty much all I have to say about Big, but yeah, I saw it when it first came out, and what a what a great story. Family-friendly, um, and a lot of fun. Pat Cullen again with the review for Twins. Yeah, this is another one that I saw when it first came out. And again, for me, this, I think, was the first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie I saw and was one of the first that had uh, Danny DeVito in it. And just like I said with Tom Hanks, I mean, this, for me, summed up who Danny DeVito and who Arnold Schwarzenegger were. I mean, they, they were that was like, that was the image burned in my mind as a kid. And again, I, I loved it. I think I said this to John earlier. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger movies are like my speed. I think Pat Cannigallo really can't go wrong with one. Um, I, I just, great movie. Fun story. It was light. It didn't, it didn't ask you to do too much other than just sit back and enjoy it. I thought the way Arnold Schwarzenegger played kind of the, the super intelligent, super talented, almost like a real life superhero kind of guy, but a little bit naive and clueless. Danny DeVito was at his devious best with some of those looks where his eyes just seemed to get all like hollowed out and he looks like he's staring right through you. 
just so fun to watch. And the way that the two were able to play off of each other, I mean, it's, it's, I find myself saying this is what I think of when I think of an 80s movie. And I think it comes down to Arnold Schwarzenegger movies are what I think of when I think of 80s movies. The way the guys were able to play off each other, um, the way Arnold was sitting there and every time that, like, you know, they tried to grab the briefcase and I wasn't his enemy. The sidewalk was his enemy. You better get that checked out. Um, you know, you forgot the third rule in a crisis situation. You know, just tons of fun to watch. Um, the characters were great. And the story was great. I really, I really enjoyed the whole thing all the way through. So, yeah, a lot of fun movies uh, this time around. These, these were pretty cool. And like I said, I, I enjoyed them when I was a kid, and I always get sucked in whenever they came, whenever they come on the screen. Favorite scene? Uh, boy, I, I have a hard time picking a favorite scene just, just because it, uh, it was fun all the way through. So I uh, can't wait to hear you guys, what you guys think of the movie, and, uh, you know, we'll be hopefully talking to you real soon. So later this month, and I have no clue when because I still have not seen it because I'm a horrible human being, uh, would like to do a Black Panther show at some point. Have you seen I'm Black Panther? I have. You have. Okay, I'm a, really, awesome. I'm a horrible person. Um, so at some point, we do a Black Panther episode. And then to finish off our big and small month, uh, we're going to be doing Willow and Child's Play together, which I've already talked to Pat. And I, I had never seen Child's Play before. I had never watched it all the way through. Oh, wow. And I was watching it yesterday. And I texted Pat and I said, Pat, you're going to have problems with this one. Yeah, you will. This is everything Pat hates. I haven't seen... God, it's a horror movie. Years. With a doll. Yeah. And it comes after the kid. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. like everything that Pat can't stand. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I think yeah. I think if there was at some point where they completely trashed a motorcycle, that would have just... That <laughs> would have done it. That would have sent him over. He's that's done. The, that's the anti-Pat trifecta. I'm out. You know. Scary movie, come after kids and trash a motorcycle. Um, and then later in the month, I think we're going to try to also throw in a, because this came out in 1988, uh, there were two Batman comic books that were pretty famous in 1988 that came out. One was called Batman the Killing Joke, and the other one was called Batman A Death in the Family, which apparently this was the year that they decided to just beat the crap out of Batman psychologically by paralyzing Batgirl and killing Robin. So it was a fun year for Batman. That's a rough one. Uh, so I think later this month we're going to do an episode on that one. Um, and then if you're looking ahead to April, if you want to get ahead, uh, April is our Let's Get Weird month. Um, oh, now we're getting weird. Oh, yeah, we're getting weird in April. Well, the, April was kind of the month where I was like, I have a bunch of movies that I have no clue what category to put them in. Mm. So we're just going to make a catch-all nice month, nice. and that's called April. So in April, we're going to be doing The Last Temptation of Christ, oh, along, nice. along with Dead Ringers. I'm going to figure out how those two to go together. Yeah, yeah, okay. we'll work that out. Uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to do a Ready Player One. Yeah. Because it will be out by then. Um, and then Return of the Killer Tomatoes and Tape Heads. Yeah. You got to love Return of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> I know nothing about Which, Tape Heads, but no, Killer, I don't either. Yeah. Killer Tomatoes, I'm in. Yeah. Tape Heads, I don't know that Tape Heads did very well. It's kind of, I think it's kind of a cult movie. It's um, Sounds like one. Yeah, it's uh, John Cusack and... Yeah. Um, why am I blinking out his name? Um, Tim Robbins. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's like Don't a, know it's, that a, one. it's a weird little movie um, about them kind of like following around a rock band that they like. Well, and that doesn't. I mean, we're talking yeah. about yeah. John Cusack or right. something called Tapeheads. Right. I'm uh, guessing there's a cassette tape or two involved. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so that'll be our Let's Get Weird Month. So if you want to, if you're looking ahead to our Let's Get Weird Month and you want to join us in that, uh, feel free. Last Temptation of Christ, Dead Ringers, uh, Ready Player One, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, and Tape Heads will be the month of April for our show. So, uh, in the meantime, if you want to find a way to get in touch with us, you can go to 30podcast.com. You can listen to the show there. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play. We're in a lot of other different places. Uh, there, you can also get to our voicemail line that is on the website there as well. You can talk to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I, I'm sure some other social media thing will come out at some point. Stitcher. Stack our name on that one too. And, um, so, yeah. So in the meantime, uh, thank you, Bo, and thank you, Dennis. Thank you, John. It's, you, it's been a while since you've been here. I know. I was glad you were able to be here. I know. So am I. Beat root. Beat root. Be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. <laughs> <laughs>